Good evening, friend. Welcome to the whole duty of man podcast, equipping you for eternity. Thank you for tuning in today. You are listening to Work It Out, and I am your host, Fiona. In this episode of Work It Out, we're going to be looking at goodness as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Goodness can be defined as the quality of being morally good or virtuous. It is striving to do well while avoiding to do that which is evil. Goodness also has to do with our motives and the state of our heart as we do those good deeds. The word translated goodness, which is agathosune in Galatians 5.22, denotes an active, even aggressive goodness. It is more than just an excellence of character. It is character energized, expressing itself in good deeds. So you can't just say you are good. There are deeds that should accompany your profession of goodness. Whatever you do must speak for itself or speak on your behalf that indeed this is a good person. Let's quickly dash to the trailer and we'll be back with more on goodness. Good evening, my name is Judith Likula. Welcome to Work It Out with Fiona. This season we are looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22-23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus Christ reproduced in his followers. As they surrender to the working of the Holy Spirit, tune in this season as we look at the multifaceted fruit and how various characters manifested it in their lives. This is the whole duty of man podcast, equipping you for eternity. Our standard for goodness from the Bible is God himself. Jesus Christ in Mark 10 verse 18 says, There is none good but one, and that is God. God's goodness is absolute. He is the epitome of goodness. His character, everything that he does, it represents goodness. We're going to go through a few verses that talk about God's goodness so that we can appreciate him and appreciate just how good he is to us. Exodus 33, says, And he said, I will make my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious to, and will shew mercy on whom I will shew mercy. That is God talking about his own goodness. And in Psalm 25 verse 8, it reads, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he will teach sinners in the way. So God is good and he is upright, and he reveals that goodness and uprightness by teaching sinners in the way. Psalm 86 verse 5, it says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. 
we see here that God's goodness is revealed by his readiness to forgive and mercy upon us as we call on him. Psalm 107, 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So the wonderful works of God testify to his goodness. And what are those wonderful works? His creation, the way he sustains our lives, the way he provides for us, his redemption, and so many things. The last verse we'll look at is Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. It says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. So in this verse, God's goodness is shown by him being a stronghold in the day of trouble. So we realize that even with God, although he is good and he's absolute and he doesn't need to justify himself to anyone, but we see in the Bible that whenever his goodness is mentioned, it is supported by certain works that testify to that goodness. So even with us, if we say we are good as Christians, there has to be deeds, there has to be certain works that attest to that goodness. Now let's look at our call to goodness as Christians. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 reads, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should work in them. So we are created in Jesus Christ unto good works. The reason for us having to be transformed into the likeness of Christ to walk after the manner in which Christ walked is so that we may produce good works. Titus 2 verse 14 it is who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous for good work for good works. So God didn't just redeem us in Jay, just he did that so that he may prepare us to be a special people to do certain good works that he has called us to do. And lastly, Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now you may be asking yourself, what is it really that counts as good works before God? We're going to consider Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25, we find an interesting depiction of the judgment in the end time. It is commonly known as the story of the sheep and of the goats. It We are told that when the Son of Man shall come in glory and all the angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of glory. And then verse 32 says, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them from one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for i was an hungered and he gave me meat i was thirsty and he gave me drink i was a stranger 
and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and he came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? And his answer was thus in verse 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say to you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So I will pause here. You can read the story further. But when it, as it goes down, uh, the goods are surprised because they are not counted worthy as the sheep. And they ask the same question, why? And uh, the king gives them the same reasoning that, all these things that the sheep did, you did not do, you know. But anyway, this is the point of the message. This is what God considers good works. It is feeding the hungry, giving clothes to those who do not have any, visiting those who are sick, uh, those who are in prison. Basically, taking care of those that are not able to take care of of themselves or those who have no one to visit them and that is the underprivileged and the marginalized so goodness just like kindness speaks for us and for christ more than our words do our profession of faith alone has no use if it is not accompanied by good works once upon a time, there was a majestic king who lived in the most glorious of all lands, the very highest of heaven. Beyond the borders of that land, there were millions of extraterrestrial planets teeming with millions of glorified beings and angels as heads over those planets. But the very highest of the angels, a seraph angel, a cherub angel, Lucifer, decided to lead a rebellion against this majestic king and led multiplied millions of angels down with him. He was cast to the earth where he continues his warfare, recruiting multiplied billions of souls down to hell with him. God, on the other hand, recruits his soldiers equipping them with the word as their sword in this warfare, a means to win the battle. It is both a defense and a spectacular offense. Get equipped with your sword in the battle only on this podcast. Tune in to Work It Out with Fiona Mondays at 7 p.m. Come get equipped for eternity. Now, for our Bible character of the day, or of the episode rather, we are going to look at a woman who exemplified her goodness in Christ through her good works. And that woman is Tabitha, also translated or known as Lydia. Sorry, Docas, Docas, Docas. And this story is found in Acts chapter 9, verses 36 to 40. It reads, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Docas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lida or Lida was nigh to Joppa, 
And the disciples had heard that Peter was there. They sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him, weeping and shewing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. That is the brief account of Dorcas. And the emphasis of this text is verse 36 and then verse 39. Verse 36, it says that, this woman was full of good works and alms deeds which she did. And what are those good works? Let's go to verse 39. It says, All the widows that were crying, they brought to, they brought to Peter clothes that this Dorcas woman had made for them. Remember that in the Bible, we are encouraged to, to take care of the needy, the sick, and the widows who are not able to take care of themselves. So, Tabitha was doing exactly what Christ uh, was referring to in the story of the sheep and the goats. She was taking care of those people who could not take care of themselves by providing for them what she could. Maybe she was very good at making clothes, so she made them clothes, and she was known in the community for that. Amen. So I hope that all of us can be like this Dorcas woman by employing our talents to help those who are in need. If you know how to cook, you know, sometimes just make bread and give to that guy on the street that you know is always there begging for food. If you have extra clothes, you know that one person will know he doesn't he or she doesn't have clothes, so you can always you take some of your clothes to give to them. There are people in prison, in hospitals, who never get a single visit. And just by visiting that person and saying, no, I just came to check on you. God loves you. It will mean a lot to them. And it will mean a lot to God. Because he's saying that if we do that, it's the same as doing it to him. Now, as we conclude this episode, I would like us to... I read two quotations from Spirit of Prophecy. The first one is from Testimonies to the Church, volume 9, page 21. It reads, It is not only by preaching the truth, not only by distributing literature, that we are to witness for God. Let us remember that a Christ-like life is the most powerful argument that can be advanced in favor of Christianity and that a cheap Christian character works more harm in the world than the character of the world. I mean, this is deep. What is being said here is that if you say you're a Christian, and then you say you're good, but you see someone who is in need of food or clothing and you don't do it, your, your influence is worse than that guy who is out there who doesn't believe in God and is drinking. Your testimony is worse than that of that person. Let's look at the second quotation. 
it says the badge of Christianity is not an outward sign, not the wearing of a cross or a crown, but it is that which reveals the union of man with God. By the power of his grace manifested in the transformation of character, the world is to be convinced that God has sent his son as its redeemer. No other influence that can surround the human soul has such power as the influence of an unselfish life. The strongest argument in favor of the gospel is a loving and lovable Christian. And this is from the Ministry of Healing, page 470. May God help us all to be good Christians in word and in good deeds. Good night.